Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Jared. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. Guys, come on. We all look great in here. We gotta. We do. We can all agree on that. We all look great. My Dane gigantic great. head. Jared's gigantic head looks great. Wonderful. Fantastic. And we got a great Friday for you guys here on Make what? It Rain. One more hour left, as Dane said. But first, let's get into some recap of Thursday night football. Last night, the Bears take down the Cowboys. Sorry, Venmo Brian. 31 to 24. Mitch George Kurtz. George Kurtz as well. Uh, everybody, yeah. All those Cowboy fans we know and love. Sorry, but your team has a losing record right now because the Bears <laughs> had something to do with that. Mitch Trubisky, four total touchdowns on the day, 244 yeah. yards in the air, three touchdowns, one interception, but he rushed 10 times for 63 yards and a score. Unbelievable. Wait, is that day. more than nine and a half? Uh, nine and a half rushes, I believe it is. That's no, nine and a half rushing yards. So oh, rushing yards. Oh, yeah, no, 63. Oh, yeah, he, he blew that out of the water. <laughs> so I, you, you had that problem, I'm assuming, Dave? We gave it out on in-game live, me, Gabe, and uh, Jared last night. Why you got to watch in-game we live? We had a great guys? night with in-game. I mean, I think every prop we gave hit. Damn. I mean, Jared, I hit Zeke will score two touchdowns. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you hit, a, like, a four-to-one like that, wow, that's we making it rain Cohen, right there. Three Owen prop. And it was yeah. funny because I'm traveling home. Then, right? And by the time I get home, I check the box score, and he's already got four catches in the first half. And I was like, oh, cool. We're good. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Uh, That's why you got to watch now. in-game live at yep. all, of our, all of our shows on the SportsGrid TV network. Uh, the Danes making it rain on in-game live. So we got two shows going at it at once. Uh, but, yeah, so Mitch Trubisky, dominant performance from him. David Montgomery led the way with 86 rushing yards on 20 rush attempts. Allen Robinson, thank you. He's on my fantasy team. Five catches for 48 yards and two scores. You guys were saying it all day yesterday. He's a must-start. He is their guy. On the other side for the Cowboys, though, Dak Prescott, 334 yards, only one touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott led the way, 19 carries, 81 yards, and two scores. Michael Gallup led the way in receiving yards, 109 receiving yards on six catches. He's taking That's control. Not- it's crazy. It's like you would think it'd be Cooper. Younger Cardano, who owns Gallup in the playoffs oh. in our pit league. Oh, boy. Well, he, I think he solidified the fourth seed in the pit league. So, uh, right, uh, and hey, I'm the five, so we're the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy how this world works and how fantasy sports work. So shout out to little Cardano. Uh, next week for week 15, guys, the Cowboys take on the Rams and the Bears head to Green Bay. To take on the Packers, battle of the NFC North teams. But, I mean, you're looking at the Cowboys. They're 6-7 and seven right now. If they win the division, they'll be the second team since 2011. Seattle Seahawks, who were 7-9 and nine to make the playoffs with a losing record. Obviously, we don't know what the rest of the season will hold. 8-8 eight eight will win the division. 8-8 eight could win the division. Yeah, that's what yeah. we were just saying, Even Dan. I, I, I think 8-8 eight eight will win it. I mean, the, I don't think the Eagles' seven, schedule is so yeah. easy. If they don't go 8-8, eight eight, they, have, <laughs> to, they <laughs> have to win three out of these last four games. They have It'll to. take 8 It'll yeah, take 18 wins to win. I agree. I, I, I think 8-8 eight eight gets in. There we go. All right, so we'll see. Whether it's the Eagles or the Cowboys, we know it's not mm-hmm. going to be the Giants. Or you know what, though? <laughs> if there's a look-ahead line, I will take the fifth seed, the wild card in the NFC, against either Dallas or Philadelphia. Because what are we going to talk about, right? It'll be Seattle, San Francisco, Minnesota, yeah. mm-hmm. Bay, 
on the road at Dallas or Philly. And I like, I'm telling you right now, I like wild card one over the NFC East Division champion wild card weekend. Mm. So we'll look into that, take a look at some of those lines. Maybe you want to throw a couple shekels on yeah. that uh, future bet right there. Guys, sticking with the NFL really quick. Colts kicker Adam Vinatieri isn't sure he'll play again this whole year due to a left knee injury. His quote uh, didn't seem too excited. He said, quote, I don't have an answer. I don't know. We'll see how it feels tomorrow and the next day and the next day. He's obviously not very happy with his own performance as he has a career-low 68 percentage of field goal kicks. He 14 total missed kicks so far in the season, eight field goals, six extra points, and he's had three blocked field goals, one we saw last week. The Titans took that all the way back into the end zone. The NFL's all-time leading scorer showed up for the first time this season on the injury report. Uh, yesterday, so we'll see what happens. The Colts claimed Chase McLaughlin off of waivers, so if Vinatieri can't go, McLaughlin will go. I, I we'll do probably... think it's going to be Chase from what I was We won't reading. see Vinatieri for the rest I, of the I, season. I, I, I don't know about the rest of the season, but I do think this week it's going to be McLaughlin. I mean, it, why, if, if Chase dominates... This could be cover, right? This could yeah, be cover. Yeah, it could be one of those injuries. You know, adding to the story. I mean, there's a lot of players, you know, who under the cover of injury, yeah. we all know it's really something else. Like, for example, A.J. Green can probably play right now if he probably. needed to. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I think we might um, see one of those with Odell Beckham soon, too. That's okay. fine. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So maybe this is kind of a nice way for Vinatieri to be in mothballs and not get embarrassed anymore. <laughs> we'll see what happens with the all-time leading scorer in NFL history. Really quick, guys. So Major League Baseball news. The Padres, San Diego Padres, will trade outfielder Hunter Renfro and second-base prospect Xavier Edwards to the Tampa Bay Rays for outfielder Tommy Pham. And two-way prospect Jake Cronenworth. The Padres were looking for an sneaky on-base. move there. Yeah, they were Tampa. looking for some offensive uh, catalyst. Renfro definitely has some power. Yeah, but- and Tampa. Tampa's I didn't tough. That, man. Crazy. Yeah, Watch that her? second baseman become like the next like Brooks Robinson or something. San Diego spent some more money. Also, watch them throw money at guys like Strasburg. They have the lowest, uh, the fifth lowest on-base percentage last season, so they're looking for a little offensive power. Uh, with the fam, but we'll see what happens tonight. Though college football, the Pac-12 championship, it's Utah versus Oregon. Utah six and a half point favorites. We'll see what happens. All right, going to send it back to Jared and Dana. Make it rain this Friday morning. You're listening to the Sports Grid Network. Let it rain. You remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, hour number two here of Make It Rain as we have a December Friday to December 6th. I can't believe, Jared. I mean, the tree at Rockefeller Center is lit. I'm going to get mine tonight. Nice. You know, it's the most it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. Right? Is this – I consider October like the best sports month, right? I agree 100%. I think March is, is good, but it's not there. Right. You get Major League Baseball playoffs, yeah. you know. Got the start of the NBA. You got college and NFL in full swing. I call it the equinox because all four major sports are happening at the same time: right. basketball, hockey, one, football, baseball. One like October Sunday when all four are in, and the and and the reverse of that for me is February, right? There ain't jack <laughs> going on in February no. like late conference schedule, yeah. uh, college. Well, I used to with an ex girlfriend. I used to call that Culture Month, Jared. That's, you know, you like, go see the museums and the. Right. That's the only time I'm available on Sundays, really. Girl, <laughs> you know, it's all good. I think May is great also. You know, you yeah. got a, a NHL playoffs. You got baseball starting in full swing. Kentucky and I, Derby. 
I'm a ponies guy, right? So you got the Triple Crown involved as well. But this is certainly exciting. You got NBA, you got college basketball in full swing, and then you got, you know, these conference championships. Yeah, this is one of my favorite Saturdays, or I guess, you know, technically yeah. tonight, uh, weekends in college football. Uh, next Saturday is a fun one, too. Very underrated Army-Navy, but I think this Saturday kind of holds holds the uh, cards. Army, the Heisman Award, you yeah, know. The that Heisman, too, yeah. Is happens and so correct me if I'm wrong, but we like Utah. Then we like I like Baylor with the points. Yeah, I think we're split on that one. I I, I do like Oklahoma and 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 I and I want to say that with a caveat. I think if if Oregon wins tonight, I like yeah. Oklahoma even more tomorrow. All right, because it really because they you know then the path really becomes clear for them. I think if Utah wins tonight convincingly, I like blowout. Then I think Oregon's value goes down a little bit because they kind of are like, eh, are we really going to get in? So And then they start thinking about it. So I think the Utah game tonight will have an effect uh, on what Oklahoma and Baylor do tomorrow. Certainly the first domino to fall. You know, George will be watching very carefully. Oh, yeah. We're going to have Mark on on the other side of the break. We're going to turn our attention to college. We're going to talk a little college basketball because – you can win some money there as well. It's Jared and Dane making it rain on a Friday. Come on back. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. to make it rain. Bavona, I get the reference. I wonder if everybody else does. We're going to get smart here with Maxwell Smart in a second. Talk a little bit of college basketball. It's Jared Smith and Dane Martinez holding you down on a Friday. And of course, our man, the manimal, Chris Bavona in the pit of misery. Shout out to the pit and everybody in there. Yeah. But yes. They kill it every day. Yeah, absolutely. Doing yo man's work down there. But in this section, we do bring in our guy, Maxwell Smart. You can find him on Twitter at MaxwellSmart420. We're going to talk a little bit of college basketball. How you doing this morning, Max? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be on with you guys, and uh, hopefully I can bring some winners for the show today. Yeah, absolutely. We'll dig into some of those winners in a second. I want to ask you first a general question, okay? Because I love this time of year. Jared and I were talking about it, and, you know, you're going to have the Big Ten ACC Challenge and Coaches versus Cancer and the preseason NIT and the Great Alaskan Shootout and Maui and all that stuff. What if I am a college basketball handicapper, right, or I want to play college basketball throughout the season? What are the kinds of things I'm looking for in these tournaments? What are the data points that I'm looking for? Am I looking for a mid-major school that looks to be overperforming in these tournaments? Am I looking for a hotshot freshman that looks like he could be the man? What am I looking for that I can hang my hat on throughout the season? What do you look for in some of these early season matchups and tournaments? 
Well, I do a lot of off-season work, so I rely on the accuracy of that first off. But I'm looking for teams that have continuity, on-court chemistry. Um, coaching obviously always matters. And I'm looking for these freshmen also that are stepping up because you're going to have them on every team. Um, as far as early season tournaments, I am uh, basing a lot of those off um, some of like the most used metrics. But I think mm-hmm. that um, when it comes to preseason tournaments, there's a lot of value on these mid-major teams. These are step-up games. These are tournament resume-building games, right. post-season resume-building games. So, All right. So uh, one of these teams that we saw, Max, is, uh, you know, I saw Stephen F. Austin go into Cameron and beat Duke, right? So, and it sounds like you like them plus 11 uh, going on this weekend, right? Is that one of your plays? Yeah, that's one of my plays from the overnight lines. I'm always up watching these lines. And when it comes to Stephen F. Austin, this is a team that is just fantastic when it comes to turning other teams over. And I think that against Alabama tonight, they're, um, Alabama's turning the ball over 18 times a game over the last five games. Stephen F. Austin's forcing teams to turn the ball over 25. I think that can be one of the main differences tonight because you have your ball handlers in Kira Lewis Jr. turning the ball over three or four times a game. Um, mm. I think that Kevon Harris is a game-breaking scorer. He's going to be the difference in this game, and he's going to be able to help us get uh, and stay within this number. Maxwell, uh, I've noticed a little bit on on some of these totals. Uh, it seems as though we, we haven't seen the same amount of scoring that we normally see in college basketball early in the year. Uh, I know the three-point line got bumped back a little bit this year. Have you noticed anything with the totals uh, to look to where the under is maybe a little bit more valuable early in the year, especially now that we're starting to see conference play begin tonight. Well, there's two, two big-time conference games tonight in the ACC and the Big Ten. Yeah, I agree there. I think that it starts with your with the work and study that you're putting in. And if you're looking to get on these totals at the best line when it comes to these unders, you've got to be looking overnight. That's something that I do every day, and I find that I'm able to get extra value versus the closing line. I think that with the three-point line, it's definitely impacted some of these teams that aren't more prolific three-point shooting. Um, the guys that shoot 30 to 35% are having more trouble than the guys who are shooting above it. But it opens up the lane, and any team that wants to penetrate, well, mm. they have the extra space, and all they got to do is hit free throws. Good point. Very good point. Yeah, that's a great point, Maxwell. I didn't think just about the shooting percentage, but what it does for the spacing of the floor. You know, I've been saying for a long time in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors have changed the math and the geometry oh, yeah. of the NBA with their spacing. And now, just by definition, with the three-point line getting pushed back, that is creates some more uh, room for you know, quite frankly, to slash to the hole. I think that's a great point. Another game you like uh, tonight, Max, is uh, Rhode Island. Now, I haven't played with the Rams since Lamar Odom was there. (laughs) Tell me why why you like Rhode Island minus the two and a half or around that number today. Yeah, this is obviously a rivalry game. I think that Rhode Island's challenged themselves so far in the non-conference season. I think that um, this is a revenge game for them. They want to get this win against uh, Providence tonight. Providence has been having some um, shooting percentage issues, especially with uh, the UMass transfer, Luwani Pipkins. I think tonight, Jeff Down and Fast Russell go off again, and uh, they're ready to defend their home court. I think that the, the Rammies will be there um, supporting them, and I think that uh, they're able to get the outright win against uh, one of their in-state rivals. 
Let's talk some of the, the these these conference games tonight because I do think it's interesting that that the conference season starting so early. Iowa, Michigan, Duke, Virginia Tech, uh, Big Ten, ACC. Uh, I guess let's start Iowa, Michigan. We saw Michigan shoot up the rankings, uh, you know, well deservedly so. Uh, what they did in Atlantis. Uh, do you think the Wolverines are for real? They went from unranked to top five basically overnight. Uh, now they face Iowa at home, who's kind of played an interesting schedule to start their year. Michigan eight point favorites tonight in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I think that this may be a little bit of a too too big of a move for Michigan. Obviously, this is a team that's still meshing together with a new system under a new coach, and you're going to have some results that look better than others in this matchup tonight against Iowa. Um, I'm looking the I'm looking at, at Iowa. I think that with Jordan Bohannon and Connor McCaffrey running the point, uh, you have two solid guys that can take care of the ball. Michigan's going to pressure you. Michigan's going to have good point guard play with Xavier Simpson. I think it's going to come down to Luca Garza and if he can stay on the floor and if he can slash and get to the bucket. Um, this is an Iowa team that's definitely underrated. I don't like them personally, but when it comes to betting, I have to throw that shit aside and I'm uh, looking at uh, Iowa plus uh, eight. Um, wish I could have got them plus nine when they opened. And what about the other uh, conference game tonight? Uh, with with Duke and Virginia Tech, yeah. Um, I'm simply looking at uh, this number, waiting for it to continue to go up. I think that Duke is going to get a lot of money coming in. There's already a lot of wagers already coming in on them. And I think that Virginia mm. Tech, under Mike Young, they are definitely going to be a live home dog tonight. All right, thanks, Max. Um, you know, thanks for spending a couple of minutes. Max, why don't you tell everybody listening here and watching Make It Rain here on Pluto, on Zumo, how can they find your work, uh, you know, moving forward? Yeah, well, uh, obviously you can follow me on Maxwell, at, uh, on Twitter at MaxwellSmart420. You can also see me on SDR with uh, Betting with a Bag and on the live line. So uh, lots of uh, availability to see me, and uh, we'll be hitting college basketball all day, every day, until uh, the national championship game's over. All right, absolutely. Well, thanks, Max, for spending a, a couple of minutes with us this morning here on Make It Rain. We'll have you back throughout the season, and uh, I've already penciled it in here. I'm taking Iowa tonight. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I just wrote down some of these games I love. Yeah, right? Uh, I, I really like the Rhode Island game too. You know, okay. that, that's a that's an interesting spot. I, I haven't looked much at Rhode Island. I looked at a little bit of Providence because I capped the Big East a little bit. Uh, but that's a fun game. Yeah, you know, that that's a rivalry game, and 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 that's the one. I Iowa Michigan will be interesting tonight. Duke Virginia Tech will be interesting, but the, those early season rivalry games, non conference, you know, the yeah. regional rivalries. Uh, those are really fun to watch, so yeah. I'll be curious to see how the Rams come out tonight. Yeah, so thanks for spending a few minutes with us, Maxwell, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks very much, guys. Have a great day, and let's get some winners. All right, see All you right, guys. absolutely. Winners to you. You know, Jared, one of the things he also said that I think is a very interesting point is about moving the three-point line back. You yeah. know, and, and I thought about that in terms of shooting percentages, but it's true. It opens up for slashers to get to the hole. It just creates more space as well, right? Yeah, and, you know, we watched, uh, I mentioned it yesterday on the morning line, uh, the Ohio State-UNC game, and that was such a mm -hmm. clash of styles because UNC is such a outside team that really doesn't have right. a lot of size this year. And Ohio State's got those big Wesson twins. They've, they've, they've got uh, a lot of bulk in the middle, much more of a Big Ten grinded-out type of opponent. Mm -hmm. And we saw the Big Ten opponent in that spot, the bigger, bulkier team, just dominate that game. And I know that was one of those interesting spots where maybe UNC was just a little overmatched. But man, oh man, if teams can take advantage of that extra space in the middle, 
Mm-hmm. We're going to see a dichotomy in college basketball this year that might lean now towards the big man where it used to yeah. be the, the, the three-point shooter. Guard-dominated league, yeah. That's very interesting. We don't only give you a fish. We teach you how to fish here on Make It Rain. We're going to talk Chiefs, Pats, and Niners, Saints on the other side of the break. Get on the fish. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back to Make It Rain here on the Sports Grid Network. Jared Smith and Dane Martinez holding you down on a Friday. Do it with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. All right, here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Check. Make a deposit. Check. Place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. All right, so let's figure out where we might want to apply that free $500 bet or that matching bet that you can get if you listen to me here and open up an account and make it pop off this weekend Jared I can't believe this and you know Venmo Brian Alex who's ever in the pit I literally want you to go to like the Elias Sports Bureau or something and research if this has ever happened Jared here's what I'm asking do you think ever a team that was 10 and 1 were underdogs two weeks in a row because that's what's happening to the San Francisco 49ers this week, okay? They are 10-1. and one, And they were five-and-a-half, whatever it was, five-and-a-half-point dogs to Baltimore. Covered the number, only lost by three. Now, the following week, they're going to the Dome. Now, don't get me wrong. They're road games against other two teams that are, like, favorites to win the Super Bowl. But they're, again, given whatever it is, two-and-a-half, three, whatever you see, I just think San Francisco is getting disrespected. Since when has a 10-1 and team been dogs like this two weeks in a row? I'm leaning San Francisco in this game because it isn't rainy outside. They got the track. And I think people undervalue what I thought were positive factors of what I saw against them in Baltimore. What I saw against them in Baltimore was that, guess what? They can run the ball against anybody. Oh, yeah. And that breed is coming back this week. You know what I also saw? That defensive front can slow anybody, including Baltimore. So I don't care if Lat Murray and Kamara come into town. I don't care if Michael Thomas gets like 78% of the balls thrown his way completed. I think I'm going to take the points and San Francisco in what I think is a very close game. Jared, how does a 10-1 team become underdogs two weeks in a row? Uh they go to New Orleans and Baltimore in back-to-back weeks. That's how. <laughs> no, I mean, oh. I, I, I think there's a lot of value with the Niners this week. I do. Yeah. Uh, trendy dog, though, and that scares me in the NFL. So there's two things in the NFL that scare me. Reverse line movement and trendy dogs. 
And the Niners are getting about 60%, 65% of the bets this week and about 75% of the money. Lines moving in their favor. So that, you know, the, the line's moving with the market. So, you know, no red flags about reverse line movement in this game. The line is, you know, the, the majority of the bets are on San Francisco. The line's moving yeah. towards San Francisco. So uh, n- not an immediate uh, red flag for me in, 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 in that regard. This game is going to be won in the trenches. Obviously, every game in the NFL is. But this game especially, because people think of New Orleans as this, like, spread it out, run and gun team, and they're just not that. They're much more mirrored of what San Francisco does uh, with the running game and with the way that they are, you know, uniquely able to spread the ball around with Drew Brees uh, than they are more like a run and gun Packers type of offense who just like to spread it out and throw the ball down the field. Uh, I, I think this game, I, I think the Niners' defense is going to be tested unlike uh, anything else we've seen. Uh, that Ravens' defense provided a very unique, or that Ravens' offense provided a very unique challenge to the Niners' defense. And I think back-to-back weeks against two very physical offensive lines and two teams that want to establish the run and want to pound the football is going to be tough. I, I actually like the Saints in this game. I I I like New Orleans at home. I think the fact that they're not getting very much love from the public leads me in their direction as well. And I think Drew Brees is starting to get healthier. We didn't see it the I, first couple of weeks, and I think now he has all of his his horses back. And yeah. I, I, I do lean New Orleans in this game. I don't know if I'll get to the window with them, but I do think New Orleans is the play in this game. I, I, I It just... It feels like now San Francisco, like Oakland a few weeks ago when they hit that six-win mark and they kind of peaked. Hmm. I, I think San Francisco, really? I, I don't know if their best football is in front of them. I, I, I might be wrong, and I'm fine if I'm wrong. I'll eat crow if San Francisco comes yeah. out and blows the doors off this week. I'll, 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 I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong. I, okay. It feels like New Orleans has the edge in this game up front, and I think if they can control Bolsa and they can control that defensive line, there might be a little bit of residual damage because Baltimore is a hammer. Baltimore hammered the ball in a tough field condition game, in a tough nose football game last week. New Orleans, extra rest. They had kind of an easy go of it against Atlanta. Uh, I feel like New Orleans well-rested uh, at, at home in the Dome is the better play here, especially if it's less than a field goal, which right now it's two and a half. Yeah, I'm staring at it at two and a half. It may get to three if you think the Saints are such a publicly loved team, especially in the Dome. You talk about, um, you know, up front in the trenches, and I I don't disagree with you, Jared. I think people do not give the Saints enough credit for, especially in the last couple of years, evolving. Okay, this is not Drew Brees yeah, to Devery Henderson. Team on right, this sides. is not Drew Brees over the top to no. Devery Henderson Joe for 50 Horner. yards all the time. Exactly. So I buy that. Jared, do we know about Armstead and Pete? The entire left side of the Saints O-line was banged up. And so you talk about how you think they're good in the trenches. You think about controlling the defensive line of San Francisco with all those number one picks across it. Boza, Armstead, Thomas, what have you, Buckner. But they're banged up a little bit, the Saints offensive line. So that's actually important for me. I I'd love to see if Armstead Pete and Armstead are playing. Pete so out. that's important. Armstead you know, questionable. I, 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 I do agree. I, I, Joey I do agree. Bosa that's salivating, right? That, so that's, that's important with Nick Bosa. Yeah. And then the other thing you mentioned that I would push back on, as you talk about you don't know if San Francisco's best football has already been played. I kind of believe, Jared, that San Francisco is built the way I think they're very consistent. 
I think that run game that they have can travel, whether it's Brito, whether it's Coleman, whether it's Mostart. I think what I what impresses me about San Francisco is that they have the ability to win in so many different ways via their run game, via their defense, just stifling and shutting people out. Or we have seen when pressed, Jimmy G be able to deliver with a lot of different weapons, whether it's Manny Sanders, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. It seems to me like San Francisco actually has what I think is really important in these kind of games, balance and a lot of ways to win. So I actually think that the O-line injuries for New Orleans and the fact that San Francisco is so balanced mean to me means their best football is actually ahead of them. Um, but do the offensive line injuries for the for the for the Saints give you cause for pause? Yeah, no, this is not. I don't think this game's gonna be a blowout in either direction. I mean, I I I think this is gonna be one of those really great games, and I hope it is because uh, I I don't know. I mean, it 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 does feel it it does feel like to me that if San Francisco is the healthier team, that they probably do win. Kittle's been banged up. I know they D. Ford's injured. been yeah. banged up. Sherman's been banged up. So there's definitely injuries on both sides. And at this point in the season in the NFL, there's going to be injuries all over the field on of both course. teams. No one's 100. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, nobody's 100. percent I see Joe Staley questionable as well for the Niners. So I mean, yeah. you know, definitely keep an eye on the injury report in this game. But right. uh, th- this is going to be a smack. You know, this is not the Niners and Saints of old. This is, is not this the Steve F- Young, F- uh, you know, team. This is not the spread it out Saint. This is going to be a smash mouth football game. Uh, and whoever is able to control that line of scrimmage is going to win this game. I think it's going to be low scoring. I, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I didn't see what the total was. I'll take a look at it right now. Yeah, forty four and a half is and, what it's sitting and, and at. And to me, that's low. I mean, you, when you think of the Saints' offense, you would think yeah. that yeah, you would think that this is going to be a high total game. So yeah. I, I think this is going to be a smash mouth game. I'd look to the first half under. I'd look to the Saints. Uh, but other than that, I I, I do not think yeah. it's going to be a blowout in either direction. This is this is going to be a battle. Both teams yeah. are ready to go, uh, and this is going to be a battle. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, probably number one seed. Uh, it, it, whoever loses this game is probably out for the number one seed uh, because of tiebreakers. The winner of this game, I would say, will be the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah, I think. That's what I was going to say. This could be an NFC championship game preview. This is kind of a battle. Whoever wins this game, you know, Seattle is there as well, but whoever wins this game will have the inside track on the one seed yeah. in the NFC, and it sounds like Jared and I are slightly on opposite sides, but we both respect the other side. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I, I I respect what the Niners have done this year. Yeah, they, they, I, I was on them last week in Baltimore. I mean, I mean they covered the number for me. Uh, I, I just I just think the residual effects of that when you face Lamar Jackson in that offense, it's unlike any other offense in the league. Uh, and I'm actually I'll do some research before Sunday, and I'm curious how teams do the week after facing the Ravens, and that's a stat I'm interested in. Yes, there was a for years it used to be the same thing. Like after facing the Seahawks, you yeah. lose the next because you just get so punched oh, in the mouth. The, the Ravens bludgeon you. Yeah, so another huge game this week that I want to talk about, uh, or at least set up on this side of the break, is the Chiefs going to New England to take on the Pats. I'm staring at the Pats at minus three. I'm staring at a 48-and-a-half total. And, Jared, I'm going to make the mistake. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I already know what you're going to do. And I think I'm on the other side, which is funny. Hey, I, I like that we're both on different sides a lot of these games. Yeah, so we can talk about it on yeah. Monday and see what happens. I, I know you do not make money betting against the Patriots. I know. I know that. Okay. Trust me. I know that I'm a Jets fan. Okay. <laughs> me too. Um, I did bet the Houston Texans last week. You were smarter than me. And here's the thing, Jared. I am not saying that the Patriots are dead. That is not what I'm saying. Good. Cause that would be a mistake. 
not what I'm saying. Okay. What I am saying, though, is that this is a different offense than it's been in years past. Tom Brady is showing you his frustration. I do think something of a blueprint was laid out there in the past by Houston. Double team Edelman put an actual coverage on James White and forced Tom Brady to beat you with these guys he has no trust in. He could send whatever signals. They don't read it right. And I think Patty Mahomes is getting more healthy. I think the Chiefs will be able to score. And I question if New England can score enough to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think there's a window of opportunity where Kansas City, they need this win to maybe get more games at Arrowhead in January. We'll talk about what you think on this game and we'll fill out a card on the other side of the break. It's Make It Rain here on Sports Group. Get on. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. you are here to make it rain on the sports grid network jared smith statistician Dane martinez holding you down as we slide into a holiday weekend you know every weekend to me is a holiday weekend anything between anytime uh, there's football there's a holiday weekend oh i got i got you know those lights up on the street across the sidewalk and on the streets in my neighborhood i got salvation army things zeke jumping into pots i got i got christmas trees out there it is not gonna be jumping in any pots this year that's for sure Uh, he he was not unfortunately so earlier in the show with a couple of other nfl games jared i gave you kind of what i thought and i said call me crazy and you ultimately did not um i just told you that yes, I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs plus three in this game. And I know you don't want to get in ahead or in front of the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady train. And I'm not saying they're dead, but I am saying it's not vintage Pats. And I do think that good teams in the NFL is going to be a problem. Like they lost at Baltimore. They lost at Houston. And I don't know, Jared, if you've heard, but I have said all season, they've, they've, they've made it commercials. On this network, I have said that Bill Belichick and Brady and the Patriots are the default in the AFC. Okay, they're the leader in the clubhouse. I got them to to win the AFC. I got an AFC ticket, so they I, are the answer. I say there there is only three humans in the AFC that can upset the apple cart. Okay, there those three humans' names are Deshaun Watson. Lamar Jackson, and the third one is named Patrick Mahomes, okay? Bill Belichick has to acknowledge that he's a little bit scared of Lamar, (laughs) okay? And he knows that a healthy, and I think he's getting healthier, Patty Mahomes can do things that off script that they just can't stop. 
And Deshaun Watson proved that he can do some of the same things. Three of his touchdown passes were when him extending plays, right? I think those are the only things that can upset the Patriots' path to yet another Super Bowl appearance. But one of them is the man they see on Sunday in Patrick Mahomes, who I think now this is his like third bite at the apple against New England. I know it's on the road, but I'll take the three points. Jared, call me crazy. Not crazy, but I think underestimating and counting out Bill Belichick, I know you're not counting him out, but uh, you don't get the Pats in this spot very often. And when I say in this spot, I mean awful loss and the public fading them. Those two things very rarely happen to Bill Belichick. You mentioned the Texans. You mentioned the Ravens. Those are both road games. And I respect those two quarterbacks as much, if not more, than I respect Patrick Mahomes, who is getting healthier and who looked really good last week. I think there's two factors at play. Why can't Patty carve him up? Well, I'm not saying he can't. I think the thing that scares me about Mahomes in this game is, again, and it goes back to what we said earlier about the, 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 you know, you're never that high, you're never that low. I think what we saw last week from the Chiefs was, wow, the Chiefs are back. And what we saw last week from the Pat- the Patriots, wow, the Pats are done. And I'm not ready to do either of those yet. I'm in the middle. Uh, I hear you. My question, though, is I get you. And, like, the idea, oh, my God, the Chiefs are back, you know. I'm not going to get that high. Okay, Jared, I promise. And Pats are done. I'm not going to get that low. But what if this is closer to a new normal for the Patriots, that they, there is it some— It very well could be. There. And it what if well this could is be. back to normal for Kansas City? Is that not enough to I, make the Chiefs— Yeah, I mean, I, 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 think there's, I, think if you got the, I think if you got the Chiefs at four before it moved to three, that's where the value was in this game. I think it's going to stay at three. I think it's going to stay at three because the public's on the Chiefs, and I think it, if, it, if it moves to four, if it goes back the other way— then I really like New England because then the line will move against where the public's going. And again, it goes back. The trendy dogs scare me in the NFL. I, I don't want to get behind trendy dogs. And if you're going to play the Niners and and the Chiefs this week, then you're on both of the trendy dogs. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if those two teams split and Chiefs right. or Niners, one of them won outright. Right. That wouldn't surprise me at all. If I was going to have to pick one of those teams to win, I would pick the Niners. I, I do think the Patriots win at home this week. I think this is one of those classic spots where everyone's underestimating Tom Brady and they're throwing Brady out under the bus just like they did in the Super Bowl. How are the yeah, Patriots going to beat 33? the Rams? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be 35. If it's 35-33, then we're in for a treat because that's going to be – that sounds like one heck of a game. So what about the total, Jared? 48 and a half I'm seeing, KC, New England. So, like, the question is, do you really think that New England defense, which has been amazing, okay, but the boogeymen were sick last week, they flew on a different plane, you know, and, like, they were amazing, but we all said that the level of competition the Pats were seeing in the first half of the Agreed. season was not Houston, Baltimore, and Kansas City. Totally agree. Right? So, so when you put all those things together... <sighs> What do you I think, think about it's this different at home. I, I think the Pats okay. are a different team at that. home. I, I think they're a totally different team at Foxborough. Uh, and, and we saw this crazy stat the other day. Uh, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman playing together at home are like 42-0 and 0 in their last 42 
I, I think it's like regular season AFC okay. games or something. Cra- it's yeah. like a crazy stat. Uh, I The three seems to be spot on here. I think the total is probably right around the number. I would shade over because I do think the Chiefs' defense – uh, is probably gonna gonna be a step slow uh, on 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 the grass at Foxborough, and I think New England will scheme something up for them. Uh, defensively, uh, I, I'm definitely scared of Mahomes in this game. There's no doubt about it. If I'm a Pats backer, uh, you've definitely got to be scared of, of 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 what Patty Mahomes has done over the last two three weeks, getting healthy at the right time. Tariq Hill looks like he's healthy. Miko Hardman. I mean, that that, that Chiefs defense or that Chiefs offense scares the me a lot. MVP coming to town and he's getting healthy. Yeah, no, it's 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 a scary spot. But again, in the in the in the NFL, there's one thing that I cannot, I, I can't back trendy dogs. So I got you. You know, I I think I I think one and one's best case scenario for you if you back both the Niners and Chiefs this week. One of those teams is going to go down. All right, fair enough. And listen, even that Pats team that won the Super Bowl last year, that had Rob Gronkowski, that had Josh Gordon, okay, they went three and five on the road last year in the regular season, Jared. Okay, yeah. so the fact that they are at home in Gillette, I think that's a huge point. And you are right. What I will also say, though, is if the Pats don't wind up locking up one of those two buy spots, this Patriots team will not go to the Super Bowl if they are the three Oh, I totally oh. agree. They have to have home field. And, and I think that's another good point why I like the Pats this week. I think they know that this is kind of Custer's last stand in, in a sense. Like, if they don't win on Sunday, they are not going to be the number one seed in the AFC. Like, like that's almost, like, locked in. Because they would have tiebreaker losses to the Chiefs and Ravens and Texans. And Texans. Yeah. And Texans. All the other division winners. Yeah. They would to all the other division winners. Now, listen, the Patsas usually get the bye, get the sacrificial lamb to come in there and sack in divisional weekend, right? And then they got one game. The which Steelers. Is the Patri- it, it, it'll be the Steelers this year probably. Or, 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 or the Bills. That I'm telling you, that would be the worst-case scenario for Bills fans. You know, the Titans oh. wouldn't be an easy matchup for them either. Yeah, the but- Titans would be interesting with Derrick Henry. I'd be curious to see because we haven't seen the Pats face like a big hammer running back this year. Three seed, and I don't think they will be. I think they'll ultimately be the two seed. But if they're the three seed, I'm telling you right now, I do not think they will win a game in the wild card game and then have to go on the road yeah. and beat like Baltimore, Baltimore and yeah. or Houston and Baltimore. I don't think they're I don't think they're cut out for that. But in any event, we only got a few minutes left, Jared, before the morning after. Gabe Morin, see Ariel Epstein come your way. So let's fill out a card for the weekend, Jared. Let's start in college football. Okay, we've talked about it a lot. Tell me which of these conference games, whether it's the Pac-12, whether it's you know Oklahoma, Baylor, that SEC game, the Ohio State game, which is like the one or two bets you feel most confident in in conference championship weekend? Fill out a card for us. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. You mentioned those big conferences. I specialize in the little conferences, man. I love the fun belt game tomorrow between Lafayette and App State. I love the Raging Cajuns getting six and a half points. I think this is a look-ahead spot for App State. They can see that power, that non-power five New Year's Day bowl game in their grasps. And this was a really tight game in Boone uh, about a month and a half ago. Uh, It was 17-7. App State got the win. I think it's going to be a tight game tomorrow uh, between the Cajuns uh, and the Mountaineers. Give me Louisiana Lafayette plus the six and a half points. Uh, and don't forget to sprinkle that money line as well. I also like the other dog in the other kind of unheralded game uh, at noon tomorrow. I think it's like a one o'clock kick uh, between UAB and FAU. I'm telling you, 
the Florida Atlantic Owls have some interesting coaching issues ahead. Lane Kiffin did an interview down in uh, South Florida the other day, uh, and the, I think it was on like 640 AM, like one of the AM radio talk stations down in South Florida, and they straight up asked him, will you be the coach of Florida Atlantic next year? And I watched or listened to that interview, and it was like silence after oh, really? asking the question. And then they just like went to break awkwardly. And, wow. Yeah, and, and so I, I think FAU, and, and again, we're, we're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that now don't know if their coach is leaving. Uh, UAB is a really good football team, plus eight tomorrow in that uh, Conference USA championship game. So I'll take the two dogs. I'll take Lafayette. I'll take UAB. Uh, I think the other games have some interesting angles as well. I, I, I would lean Georgia plus seven. Uh, I but I think the say. under in that game also has some weight because I do think Georgia uh, might have a little bit of an elixir, a recipe to kind of slow down that Joe Burrow-led offense. Uh, but really those, those, those two kind of unheralded games, Lafayette plus six and a half and UAB plus eight. Moneyline is live on both. Uh, those are the two picks that I'm really looking at tomorrow that I think have the most value. All right, cool. I'm with you on Georgia plus the seven. I think this is going to be a tight game the entire way, and that Georgia defense is nothing to scoff at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm excited for that. And to be quite honest, I want to see, you know, I, I want to see Georgia have skin in the game. All right. I want to see Georgia, and, and, you know, obviously Utah and Oklahoma and Baylor and all these schools, they will be cheering for LSU. But I think Georgia is live. And as I told you, I already have, I believe it's nine to one. I have them Georgia nice. Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. Win. I've got them eight to the one. I'd love to see them win tomorrow, too. I, I just, that's going to be a really tough game. That's going to be a all tough right, game. Let's turn our attention then to Sunday. And by the way, I want to give props to our guy, Chris Bavona, the manimal, down there. We, like, make picks every week here on Make It Rain, Jared. And I got to tell you something. Uh, Bavona has a better record right now than Joe and I. Wow. I'm, like, I'm like 50. How about he gives the picks then? I'm like three games. He, well, I'll tell you right now. Bavona. Who, is, who do you like, Chris? I'm tell you. He's, he's giving them to me. He's on Dolphins, Jets, Under. Okay. He likes the Titans. I'm with him on that. Yeah, I like I, the Titans. Titans look like a nice oh. play. And he's on Seahawks plus one. We talked about that one too. Yeah. I like as well. Okay. I will also tell you, I'll take Philly. I'll lay the points with Philly on Monday night. Philly knows what they need. I don't think they defecate the mattress two weeks in a row against two win teams after Dallas leaves the door open. Uh, but, Jared, what are some of your plays here for Sunday in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I mean we, we just went over it a little bit. Uh, I, I think I'm going to take the Saints minus two and a half at home. Uh, I, 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 again, I think the 49ers, a little bit of residual effect uh, off of what was probably their most physical game of the year. Uh, on Sunday against the Ravens, and I'll, I'll I'll take the Pats at home too. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's nothing nothing sexy with uh, what New England does offensively, uh, but it it just again it feels like one of those spots where you're buying low on Belichick. Everyone's writing them off, uh, and they think the Pats are done. Blah blah blah. Yeah, okay, sh- show that to me on Sunday. I, I will I will ride that, and I will I I will buy into this New England team getting you know, undervalued and the line moving against them with the public on the trendy dog, the Chiefs. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the Saints. I'll take the Pats at home this week on Sunday. All right, sounds good. Also, guys, just so you know, in DFS, I got mad Colts and Bucks in my lineup, okay? They're, you know, Zach Pascal, Jack Boyle as well. Uh, we'll talk about it all weekend long. Keep it locked on Sports Grid. The morning after is up next. Thanks for uh, being here the last two days. Uh, Jared, you got it, fun. guys. Thanks for having me. Good morning after. Up next. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. You missed on Make It Rain. For a while, I have been quick, Jared, to say that Mitchell Trubisky is not that dude. Okay? Not the dude that's going to get it done. I think he will always, you know, unfortunately for him, be compared to Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, the two other quarterbacks that came out in that draft class, especially when Chicago decided to trade up and then pick Trubisky of those three. You know, it's not. to be consistently compared against two of what I think will be the best quarterbacks, you know, for the next decade, let's say, right? But he's pulling himself out of it, Jared. Um, in that middle of the season, you know, about a month or two ago, I was really going hard on him. Jared, I was likening him to Blake Bortles, okay? A guy <laughs> that franchise drafted, the team had early success, but mostly predicated on their defense, and then would realize over years that he wasn't worth it, and then it would be setting the franchise back for years. I've been saying I think Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears next year, but Trubisky is starting to put it in my eye. I am seeing him do some things, mobility in the pocket, he's delivering the ball, you know, I mean... And I look, he's not a volume thrower last night. 23 of 31, efficiency. He can use his legs. I mean, if you're a Bears fan, do you believe Trubisky is your answer for the next decade? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think you got to give him the shot. I mean, at this point, that we haven't seen anything over the last month that would lead me to believe that he hasn't taken a step forward. And I think okay. people are forgetting that Matt Nagy still, you know, is only in the second year as head coach. Uh, this is a new system. This is a quarterback that has progressed. And I know last year he took a step forward, then he took a step back, and then he took another step back this year. But in the in the crunch time over the last month, he's been positive. And and the NFL, I, I'm a pre, I'm a firm believer that you are never as good as you look on your best week, and you're never as bad as you look on your worst week. And so I'm not going to crown Trubisky as the next MVP of the league, but. You've got to at least be encouraged because what they've been able to do is they've been able to find a a niche for him, which is, okay, struggling to throw the ball. Let's see if you can move it a little bit with your legs. And and when 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 they kind of take the reins off him, right. and I think they were hesitant to have him run early in his career because they were trying to get him settled in the pocket. And I, I think that kind of it, it, it kind of hamstrung him because he was so used to getting outside of the pocket. And now I think Matt Nagy's kind of designed a scheme for him to be able to, you know, show his talents a little bit with his legs. And man, oh man, did he look good last night on the ground. Yeah, he absolutely did. As we said, 63 yards and the touchdown. And they were actually, you know, they were running zone reads. Yeah. You know, like straight up. This was, some of it was scrambling in the first half, but they were, they were just straight running zone reads in the second half. So. 